Angela Yee, and I'm telling you right now that the Alive Podcast Network app is the best directory of podcasts created for us by us. From relationships to making money moves, there's a show that'll captivate every listener. And for my fellow Black creatives, this is a call to action to take your brand and monetization to the next level. It's for the culture. Join the movement and sign up today. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com. Coming soon to iOS and Android. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. So we're recording on a Monday, so this show will air on Tuesday. So happy Tuesday, everybody. I am Sarita. You can follow me at Vine Me Up on all social media. And this is the Swell Suite. You can follow the Swell Suite on all social media. Our podcast is everywhere. So follow, subscribe, make a comment, like, send us. Leave a review, tell two friends. All that, all that. So whose voice is that? Tanisha, what? Welcome. Am I new? Wait, am I new to you? Do I have a cold? Do I have a cold? You don't know my voice? Now I feel away. Oh my God. Introduce yourself, girl. Hi, it's Tanisha coming to you live from early in the morning as usual. Um, And you can find me on social media everywhere at Girl Meets Glass. Drinking wine and eating a baguette. I love it. So... We have a special guest today, and we love her dearly. Special guest, please introduce Hello, I am Allie from A Glass After Work. Um, I have been blogging since 2009, which is how I met both Sarita and uh, Tanisha, which is hard to believe it's been that long. Wow. Um, I know, I know, right? It's 10 years. This is my 10 years. Yeah, she's definitely an OG. (laughs) <laughs> February was my 10 year anniversary um which is crazy <laughs> so um I am I'm kind of all over social media these days I am on YouTube as a glass after work and I am on Instagram as Ally 77 and Facebook is a glass after work and Twitter as Ally and it's Ally A-L-L-E-I-G-H because why make it simple so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ali, you're like, like Tanisha said, you are a true OG in wine blogging. Can you tell us, like, how you even got started blogging? It was a total accident. Like, 100%, it was a total accident. My husband decided he was going back to graduate school, and I decided that was going to take an awful lot of time for him and leave me by myself uh, for a while. So, I decided I was going to go to school too for something more fun and I decided to go for wine and at the time the Washington Wine Academy still existed um, and they were based actually in Crystal City, Virginia which is not actually Washington but that's a different issue Um, and uh, and so I took a six-week course in like the, I didn't know at the time what the Wine Spirits Education Trust was, but it was a level two WSET course. Um, and I was halfway through and full of flashcards on DC's Metro and people are asking me what I'm studying and I'm taking it very seriously, loving learning everything about um, 
soil and vine training and all of that. Meanwhile, my girlfriends who lived all over the country keep asking me what wine I'm drinking. And I got tired of writing emails about everything I was doing. So I was like, just uh, fuck it. Like I'm putting together (laughs) a blog. I just, I can't deal with it. This is just easier. And so I started the blog basically because I started going to wine school and I ended up not only with my WSET, my WSET 2, but before I even got my test results for number two, I had already started the WSET level three. Wow. I was like, I just, I love this. I'm just going right in. To be honest, I don't, I, at the time, I didn't realize really how serious all of it was. I was like, I just love this. So I'm doing it. Um, in retrospect, it was a little crazy. <laughs> And also, I don't know if it was back then, not to be all back in your time, but no, back then when you were doing it, I don't even know if it was as serious mm-hmm. as like the W said is now. Like then, you know, that was kind of like an intro class. You took it just to, you know, get a little knowledge, get a little start and then kind of go forward. So, yeah, I, I think that that's true. I mean, it's not like I didn't study. It's not when I took my level threes. I mean, I, I had a blind tasting and all, but everybody takes it so super serious now. And I just, I know I didn't do that. Oh yeah, I absolutely did not. I don't even think I studied for real for uh, two. Three, yeah, Yeah. three was kind of hard. Three was serious. But two, I was like, oh, okay. Like I kind of know this stuff already. So, well not know it already, but I'm like, it was interesting for me. So I just kind of like absorbed it all. So it wasn't as difficult or foreign, but it was super fun. That's exactly how I felt about it. And so it gave me time. And then I was blogging in the process. So that helped me study. Yeah. And it it just kind of went from there. And then, of course, six months into blogging, I got my first sample offer. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm going to get free wine out of this on top of it? Yes, please. (laughs) So can I ask both of you guys a question? Since you started um, a, uh, a few years before I did, what what do you think the real difference is now from when you started blogging what's the major difference other than like the number of bloggers and the saturation of the blog market but um what's the real difference i think the whole social media field it makes it very very different the fact that it's not just i mean to be honest i think the blog format in general is dying Mm -hmm. and that it's more i twitter was always a big factor it was like you couldn't have the blog without twitter because you always had Twitter chats and there was, you know, Wine Wednesday was very different than there was actually a Wine Blogging Wednesday and people posted all in the same format and on the same wines and there was like a whole blogging circle and, and all of that and Did blogging you has do just the wine it, quiz on Twitter. I didn't do the wine quiz, but I saw it all the time. I couldn't figure what is the wine out quiz? how to get myself so involved. Was, I'm trying to remember who did it, but they were like a really like a big time blogger then. I'm trying to remember who did it, but they would ask these questions and there would be like hundreds of people on there that would try to answer these wine questions. And it would be like WSET style questions. Wow. And it would, you know, and it would be multiple, yeah. sometimes it would be multiple choice and sometimes it would be just like, all right, this is the question. And I'm really yeah. trying to think of what the hashtag was, wine quiz or something like that. But and yeah, ev- was- everybody participated. Yeah. Yeah. This was back in the day. Oh, now I got to yeah. search Twitter. <laughs> 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 but I think, right, so you paid attention 
attention to Twitter. You paid attention to blogging, but it's not like yeah. there was YouTube and Instagram and, mm-hmm. and even Facebook wasn't that important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden it just, it just kind of changed and not for not better or worse, just change. And I mean, look, you guys have a podcast, right? Yeah. Like oh, there yeah. wasn't in 2009, people were not doing podcasts. Not really. Yeah. Not really. Like, not really. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting though, that you mentioned, um, the market being kind of saturated. Cause I feel like a lot of other markets have probably felt like this before. Like, of yeah. course that happened with beauty and with fashion and definitely with natural hair. Um, and I think the wine one has come like much uh, later. And I think uh, sometimes you feel away with wine because um, you can't just, I won't say you can't just get into it, but being someone who has a certification and or has certifications and who has a certain level in their knowledge, then so many other people that just come out, they're like, hi, I'm going to talk about wine now. And I have my own blog. I've done no classes. I've taken no tests. And you're like, wait, but... But, but but what are you doing? But how do you know? But what information are you sharing? Yeah. Is it incorrect? But they take really good they take really good pictures on Instagram, and so everybody follows them. Yeah, they take that's really it. good pictures mm-hmm. because filters. But anyway, that, <laughs> hey. no. that wasn't me being a hater. That was <laughs> <you know. laughs> I can't disagree with you. I want to. But I just want to, I'm really jealous more than anything else. For some I of know. it, yes. I'm like, wow. Like, it'll be places or things that I've drank before and then see someone else's picture. I'm like, dang, mine didn't look like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got to get a new phone. <laughs> I don't know. The wine, the wine thing. I don't. I, the thing, the funny thing that you said, and I, I agree to Nietzsche, is I don't think the wine thing ever happened, right? Like, in some ways, like you, you had the fitness bloggers and you had the fashion bloggers and their time like happened and it exploded like the food blogs. I mean, how many yeah. cooking like recipe blogs are there? Yeah. And it just it never happened with wine. I don't know why. I feel like we often were all talking to each other, but not reaching beyond that. And oh, I do- my God. Yes. But yeah. carry on. Yeah, and I do think in some ways Instagram has actually helped us get a little bit beyond that. Yeah. But, but even still, we haven't gotten beyond it in the same way that some of these other niche groups have managed to do. Yeah. yeah. I say that to Sarita often that I feel like wine people talk to each other. Well, it's true. I don't yeah. know. And, and I have to say, I don't know what people think about this podcast, but I think it's very... Um, I feel like it's very casual. Yes, we're wine nerds and we have some wine knowledge, but it's not a show that focuses on wine facts. And it's not like, what is that? Um, It's not like that show, Drink What You Like, where they talk about wine, they interview the person, then they go home. And I I think our show is like a fusion of our lifestyles. Um, We talk about everything from like, I don't know, um, food to um, fashion to uh, like TV. We talk about all sorts of stuff on this podcast, but a lot of our followers are in wine mm-hmm. and they're like our wine community. And we definitely want to expand beyond that, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure where, where the disconnect is, why other people haven't found us. Yeah. 
yeah. podcast from last week actually was fantastic. Last week, last week you guys were you um, interviewed an entrepreneur from yeah. DC, and yeah. so you tapped into the audience that is a local DC audience and and while I haven't been to her to her salon like I can relate to some of the things that you guys were talking about in terms of DC and how it changed and kind of the 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 difficulties that we're facing as a city and it was I thought it was a really interesting conversation yeah even though it wasn't about wine and I normally listen to you guys for the for the wine stuff but Mm -hmm. it was a it it was a good I thought like you said it's a casual discussion about things that are important for us all to be talking about yeah yeah i appreciate that i'm glad you enjoyed that episode it was so fun i, I did yeah. <laughs> i think the people on this i think the people on the street thought i was crazy because i was probably responding to what you were talking about while i was walking on my commute to work but that's a whole different thing yeah yeah that is so funny i'll be on the train and get so into a podcast mm-hmm. and like will laugh or be like oh my god i know and yeah turn around like oh she's a crazy one yeah <laughs> oh, that was definitely me on my walk to work <laughs> definitely me i love oh, it i'm sorry i'm not a weirdo Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Allie, the last time you were on our show, we were talking about kosher wine. And I will have you know, it is one of our top five episodes. People love that episode. So um, we had to bring you back to talk a little more about kosher wine. Yeah, fantastic. I'm glad that it was such a such a big hit. Um, I often refer people back to it because I felt like it was a good conversation. And I thought that it it kind of summed up where kosher wine was at the time anyway. So, um, so I'm glad that I'm glad that it was a success for you guys too. I I had fun doing it. Yeah. So can we start out by um, giving people a definition of what kosher wine is if they don't know? Yeah, sure. So kosher wine is wine that is specifically um, basically for safe or approved, I guess is probably the better word, approved for religious Jews to drink. And there's two ways that wines can be kosher. They can be um, mishuvel wines, which means that they are flash pasteurized. Um, so the grapes can be picked by non-Jews. Um, they can be pressed by non-Jews. You basically can have anybody in the process, um, Jewish or not, um, go through the winemaking process and then the wine is flash pasteurized um red wine is cooked at about 180 degrees and white wine is slightly lower so the idea is to cook it to kill everything that uh, could contaminate the the wine um and then bottle it and uh do all of that without damaging the flavors and that's the machine version and then there's the non-mishable version which means that everybody who handles the grapes has to be an orthodox Jew so whether it's picking the grapes in the pressing the grapes the winemaker the bottling everybody who's having anything even down to pouring the wine needs to be an orthodox Jew in order for the wine to be kosher wow that's intense yeah Yeah, it's intense it is intense i will say even though um it's intense the you know and it's funny right like it was started um i think pasteurization process had more to do with kind of separating out the jews from people who were um worshiping idols and that um the idol worshippers 
didn't want to drink the boiled wine. Um, and so this was about kind of separating out the wine that the Jews would drink. And so that's how it's kind of developed from there. So I, um, I found this, um, this link on wine folly and it's, it's the, the myths and facts about kosher wine. So there is a kosher for Passover. That's a, is that a different type of kosher wine? It is different, um, in that it needs to make sure you, you need to make sure that it doesn't come into contact with anything that would be not kosher for Passover and everything that is kosher for Passover can't be, um, basically can't be leavened. It can't be wheat. It can't be barley. And it, it's called hummus. And you just, you can't have anything in that category come anywhere in contact with it. And so, um, it does, it does make a difference one time um i had a friend uh, most of my friends here are actually not jewish and we i have friends seder for for passover and so everybody brought wine and they were great about bringing kosher wine but nobody really thought about the fact that they had a check for kosher for passover and so we were all laughing about the fact that one of my friends brought a wine that specifically said not kosher for passover (laughs) wow And you'd be like, oh, you can't read. Oh. <laughs> I'm not that serious. So we were already drinking it by the time we all realized it. I didn't even know at that point. I didn't even know that it was possible to have a not kosher for Passover wine. But it is possible. <laughs> so where is so some... it can be kosher, oh. but not kosher for Passover. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. So you definitely can have wine that's kosher kosher but not kosher for passover because it means that at some point in the process maybe it's on a farm where they're also harvesting wheat or barley or something else or at some point it's come in contact with something that is not that is not kosher for passover and so yeah this process in a way that that is kosher and any time of the any other time of the year would be fine okay that's what i was just about to say like it's like kosher kosher but not kosher for passover (laughs) Because okay. so, for, so for Passover, in the eight days of Passover, it's basically like we do a spring cleaning and we get rid of everything in the house that is, um, that is uh, like I said, hummets, right? So it's C-H-A-M-E-T-Z, hummets. And so that's usually associated with things like wheat and barley. So like if you have noodles in the house that maybe your noodles are normally kosher for Passover and you didn't finish up the box of spaghetti, well, you got to get rid of it and buy yourself a new, um, you know, your spring cleaning, you got to get rid of it and, and, and get yourself a new box when you're done. OMG, I'm reading the kosher wine that I'm drinking and it says kosher for Passover. Oh, there mine, you go. Mine fits. <laughs> so have you had this? Brought it. So, there you go. <laughs> so have you had this before? It's called Baron Herzog. So I have. So Baron Herzog actually um has actually Baron Herzog um is one of the wine makers um that really created the transition from Manischewitz kind of conquered grape sweet yeah. yucky terrible <laughs> kosher wine that my nana used to love and is just disgusting um <laughs> to actually like being like hey maybe we can actually do something with 
fine, you know, is still kosher, but isn't nasty. And Mm -hmm. they actually helped kind of create the movement towards looking a little more at going to real winemaking practices and and creating real wine. It's interesting that you mentioned them as uh, what you're drinking now. Uh, Because like with Allie being on the show, being OG and blogging, Baron Herzog is like an OG in the kosher wine game. So it's that's what you have for us today. Exactly. Yes, it's a a throwback. That's real good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I got this uh, from Trader Joe's. I think it might have been like $11 or $12. Um, And it's actually very good. I was surprised. I wasn't sure. They had a very small shelf of kosher wines at the very bottom. Um, I just chose this one um, because I wanted something red. And it's it's pretty good. I'm impressed. I... uh... So since we're talking about what we're drinking, I'm drinking a Terra de Sieta, which is a Chianti Classico, like actually from Chianti. It is a small family-owned winery in Italy. Um, and I end up with their Chianti every year because one, one of the things I serve up for everybody is a matzo lasagna um, mm. as my non-meat dish and using the matzo instead of the noodles. Mm. And this is perfect for matzo lasagna like it it pairs beautifully and so um and it's not very expensive either but it, it is it is a not i'm pretty sure it's right 100 percent sangiovese but i'm pretty sure yeah it's a not 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 mevishovel not mevish not mevishov why, why am i having trouble with that word now <laughs> i'm never gonna try to say it oh yeah, listen, right? better, better you than me <laughs> but it is not, it is not, it's like a regular wine. It's not flash pasteurized. And so, yeah. So, but um, I know, you know, in case you want to check it out. It was, and where did you get that from? Uh, kosherwine.com. So oh, okay. uh, we talked about it on, on my, um, on, the last time I was on with you guys, you were joking around like I was a walking advertisement for kosherwine.com. <laughs> and I pretty much still am. It's where I get, I would say 75% of my kosher wine is from them it's um they just make it easy and in the dc area in the dc area they have a shipping um like a a shipping facility nearby so i i get the wine super fast so wow it works out really well is that do they have a wine club they do have a wine club (laughs) are you a member of the wine club i am not but i have thought about it several times Times, and several people have asked me about it to the point where I have thought that maybe it would be worthwhile doing. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. Or even write them, be like, hey, you know who I am? Exactly. And we need to talk about <laughs> We need to talk because about it. Because not, not unlike what you guys are saying about how you're, you know, you guys hit, get hit a lot for, um, in, in the analytics for kosher wine, that's one of your most popular yeah. uh, episodes. The truth is, is that I have found that too. I don't, I, I don't drink a lot of kosher wine. I drink kosher wine sometimes. I, I drink regular wine. I don't keep kosher in the house. Um, mm. More like I, I know that I, I want to drink throughout the year so that when I have people over for a holiday, I have something good and special and I'm not experimenting. So I try to test throughout the year. Um, but the truth is, is that I, my most popular stuff is almost always the kosher wine. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so what about kosher beer? Is that a thing? And oh. is it as easy to find as the kosher wine? Well, I don't know if it's easy, but it's, it's in um, like our Whole Foods, our moms and our Trader Joe's. I don't know about other grocery stores, but what about kosher beer? So 
first of all, co- beer is not kosher for Passover. So yeah, I'm talking okay. about so well, talking. About- I'm like that is wheat and barley. Like Got that's it. what it is. <laughs> okay, so that's why I got confused. All yeah. right. 100% exactly right. So not kosher for Passover. So uh, that said, most like regular natural beer, um, the Star K, which is one of the kosher certification entities, basically came out saying that as long as it's a regular beer, you're not using a flavored, it's not got fruit in it it doesn't have any lactose in it which then all of a sudden would make it a dairy product um which has its own special um rules under uh, the kosher laws it's not specialty in any kind of way as long as it doesn't fit into that category as long as it's a regular beer and it's made with raw ingredients and normal additives it's kosher even if it doesn't say it's kosher hmm. sure it's, it's better to have a wine that is or a beer that is certified kosher but they don't require they're they're like they're basically like you're a kosher if you keep kosher and you're a beer enthusiast Mm -hmm. to your domestic beers your norwegian beers your german beers your australian beers and you're pretty much going to be as long as they're just kind of normal regular beers you're going to be within the the kosher but that's much more recent thing. I don't think that that was even the case when the last time we talked. I just think that mm-hmm. in the same way that the wine, you know, wine connoisseurs ha- have exploded, you, and you now have all of these like lo- local craft beers and all of these local places that are doing things, as long as they are doing things in a way that is with the natural ingredients in the kind of normal way. Chances are they're using clarifying clarifying agents that are natural, like gelatin or silica. They're they're doing the things that they're supposed to do, so it's going to be kosher. And I was going to so much for this, right? Right, extremely. Um, I was going to ask you another question about kosher pairings, but you already gave us a pairing with your um, your lasagna. That's one. That's like one of my favorite holiday pairings, right there. Is the is the Terra, terra de Siete, the Chianti with uh, matzo lasagna. Hmm. That sounds delicious, by the way. <laughs> it's it so really, good. <laughs> it's delicious. I Granted, by the time it's matzo anything, not matzo lasagna, not matzo ball soup, not. Well, the next time you come back to the States, let me know and you can come over and I will make <clears> you some matzo ball soup. The fact that okay. you can tell me that you've never had matzo ball soup, we need to work I, on I've that. I've never had that either. Right. I'm oh. just, I was really sitting here thinking like, have I had Every okay, time so I we're s- going to, yeah, we're going to have a party at the glass after work household and we're going to have okay. matzo ball soup and kosher wine and you got, and not manischewitz. So it won't really be like being at my Nana's, but it'll sort of be like being at my Nana's. Right. You can just have like some peppermints or like some butterscotch. That's a real grandma candy. That'll be. Oh yes. The hard, the hard butterscotch candies. Oh yeah. That was definitely my Nana. <laughs> Maybe the strawberry one. Out the wrapper, it was so loud trying to unwrap it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's a date. I just got to come back to America. Yeah. Good luck with that. (laughs) That's a whole different thing, but just tell me when, and you've got Montebal waiting for you. All right. I love it. I love it. So um, we're going to get into our random and not so rapid questions. 
um, that we're going to ask you just to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. And so the first one is name your favorite local winery. Favorite local winery, huh? Um, we end up at Bro a lot, which mm. is um, in uh, Virginia. I So to be fair, we probably actually end up at District Winery more than every place else. Um, mm. But I don't actually like their wines that much. They just happen to be... Um, walking home distance mm. oh yeah so i don't know that that's my favorite as much as that is super local okay um but if we're going local like i actually like their wines bro <laughs> bro would 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 probably be our where we end up the, the most between the staff they're really good the events they always have crazy events that are a lot of fun and scenery is nice and so um the truth is, is my favorite Virginia wineries are a little further out, which makes it makes it harder. So, okay, Bro's a good one. Yeah, I like Bro wine. Wait, um, this is random, but did you guys see, um, God, what is the name of that wine bar that's in Northeast? And they had an event, and it was Pugs and Pigs. It's for the no. uh, <laughs> yeah. So apparently there is a nonprofit called Pugs and Pigs, and they they hold events to raise money for uh, pugs and pigs to like keep them alive and keep them healthy or like, whatever. Like dogs, like woof, like woof, like the pugs? pug, yes, pug the pig, oh, right? But <laughs> yes. they, have, like, they have like pigs at the facility. Yeah. Too? So, um, gosh, what is the name of the winery? Where are I... they finding the pigs? Wait. So well, they had a well, they had an event. Why at... are those two things paired together? Because <laughs> at first I thought pigs meaning bacon. No, I miss no. bacon. So that was like a first thought in my mind that it was bacon. But... <laughs> I love that you're talking about bacon on a kosher wine podcast. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> that probably would be kind of bogus. Oh no, it's pretty awesome. So Serena brought it up. She said. <laughs> I know it was so random. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Yeah. So the event was at the wine bar and they have, of course, outdoor seating. So they had little pugs and little pink jackets and they had pigs and people drank. And I don't know how much the tickets were, but you bought a ticket, you drank wine and you just sort of mingled with these pugs and pigs. It sounds great. It sounds absolutely crazy, but it looks so cute. It looks so cute. And of course the event sold out. Um, it sounds cute. I'm just wondering where they get the pigs from. Because, like, pugs, like, okay, you you have pugs in the shelter. Yeah. And, like, that's a thing. Yeah. But, like, the pig part is where like, I got confused. Yeah. And why do pigs, is it, like, to save them from the slaughterhouse to prevent them from so. becoming I don't know much like, about the nonprofit. Where are they coming video. from that you're saving them? Like people have pet pigs that they just like leave as a stray. Like you see a pig walking on Royal Island Avenue. Tiber Creek. <laughs> that's the name of it. Tiber Creek. Tiber Creek Wine Bar had this. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Pugs so it, that's up right. That's up right up by Red Hat. Have you been up there? Red Hat. What's that? Red by Red Hat. So Tiber oh, Red Hat. Yeah, it's super. It's actually super cute. Um. It's a super cute wine bar. Um, I love Tiber Creek. Yeah. And they're, I, it's so funny. I have not seen that. And their, their owner, Jordan, she's really, really, she's really nice. She's, uh, I think they just started opening up for lunch and everything, but I miss the fact that they were having a pugs and pigs event. Yes. Yeah, so, so. And, and, and let me read this um, verbatim. It says this Sunday, pigs, pugs, and Pinot. 
event on the patio from 3 to 5 p.m. Come mingle with pot with Potbelly Pig, Charlotte, drink wine, and check out Human Rescue Adoptable Animals to raise money for a good cause. Yeah. Okay, so pugs and a pig. Okay. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my god. But yeah. Mm-hmm. They were also Crazy. false advertising with the name. Okay. Well, pugs the Pugs okay. and Pigs Project is that's an actual organization. Okay. Yeah. You know what? All right. This could be a whole nother segment. Yeah. Okay. Right. I'm going um, to let them live. Yeah. Because I still have questions in my head. But I just had to share that because I thought it was unique. No, unique. That is. Yeah. Yeah. That anyway. is unique. I'm sorry it sold out. Oh. Yeah. I know, right? Mm hmm. They'll have it again. Y'all could go. I know, right? Get on the mailing list so y'all will know first. I'll go. I'll go. I'll, I'll go with. I'll go with. I'll go with you, Serena. Okay. We'll <laughs> make it a date. Nobody can. Oh, can you touch a pig? Is that okay? I don't know, Allie. You might not be able to I, touch um... the pig. Just pet the pose. It's fine. <laughs> I was gonna say. I don't. I, I must be able to. I don't know if I could touch. I don't. I don't know what the rule is on touching pigs. So, like I said, I don't keep kosher. I I like bacon too much to do something like that. So. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. All right. Yeah. Next question. Next question. All right. What is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Uh, so my favorite holiday would be so I I think of Passover and Thanksgiving basically as the same holiday. That's like okay. my chance to get my family together, to get my friends together, and just kind of tell everybody how much they mean to me and so Mm -hmm. um I I don't pick one over the other I figure I've got six months in between the two usually so every six months I I I get a a Thanksgiving type of because spring ends up being the harvest holiday in um Israel right so and Thanksgiving is the harvest holiday in the fall and so I just I put the two together nice very nice that was a lovely answer yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite shellfish? Well, so that's back to the. It's not really kosher, but I keep. I don't keep kosher, so okay. It's um, no, but I, I. So I. I love shellfish. Um, I. Uh, my favorite is oysters. Uh, I will eat oysters all the time, like legitimately all the time. Um. I just I love them and they oysters and wine like oh, rosé and God, oysters yeah. yes right so from the time it starts getting warm in the spring like all through the summer when it's hot like that is the best meal is like rosé and oysters I just that's my happy place mm. this weekend I was um at a 40th birthday party and I was at you guys ever been to I think it's called Remings near Tyson's too mm-hmm. Mm-mm. So there is. Oh, that's this... outside the Beltway. I don't go outside the Beltway. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I love that? I, love it. I don't do that. He's like, that's where. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, um, but um, we had appetizers, and there were. It was this massive, like they called it a seafood salad, but don't think like seafood salad, like cut up seafood, you know, in mayonnaise. Think of like a smorgasbord of shellfish on ice. So it's a big ass bowl piled up with ice. They chopped up um, lump crab meat. They chopped up um, lobster. There's shrimp with the tail. There's oysters. There was tuna 
there was like tuna tartare. It was amazing. I could have eaten the whole thing by myself, but yeah, it was really good. That sounds really good. And the weather this weekend, you said this weekend? Yeah, it was this past weekend. Yeah. So the weather this weekend for something like that was perfect on top of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Tanisha, do you eat selfish? What? I wasn't sure. I've never seen you eat. Is water wet? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite shellfish? I don't know. Favorite? Um, Is lobster a shellfish? It is. Is that a shellfish? Mm -hmm. Mussel. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. I eat all of those. I probably have to say mussels might be my favorite now since I can actually get those and mm-hmm. lobster and crabs aren't as readily available. Um, at least not like how they used to be in Maryland. And I don't always feel like breaking like a crab claw. Yeah. So Oh, that's yeah. right. We had mussel pots in, in Paris the last time I was there. You did. Yeah, it was delicious. Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. So no, I do mussels a little more um often because yeah. they're literally everywhere. Got it. Yeah. Or worse things, it's different kind of water. So yeah. Oh, that's fair. I was gonna say there's worse things to have everywhere though than than yeah. muscles. So yeah. Sure. No, those work. And I have them with a the beer. Sorry, everybody. Oh, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Uh, that's muscles fine. and beer. I mean, right? That's what the Belgians do. Yes, and that's the style that they make them in here. So it's a Belgian place that does the mussels. So the fries are extra crispy and delicious. Oh, those fries were Mm. And then the Belgian beer. I love it. I love it. All right, next question. Fire pit or fireplace? (laughs) Because you have Uh, a lot of fireplaces in your Instagram posts. uh, Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you ask my, like, High school, college self, it would have totally been a fire pit because, you know, living in upstate New York in the summer, a fire pit was the way to go. Um, Our now it's definitely fireplace. Um, Our we have a little row house in D.C., right? So but it's a 1904 row house. And it was and it was a it was a duplex that they made. single family way before we moved in. So we have a fireplace in our den upstairs, as well as a fireplace in our living room downstairs. Because oh, they, and they're the original fireplaces. So oh, I basically the moment it hits like, I don't know, 45, 50 degrees, and I'm not going to like suffocate in the house with a with a fire, that fireplace gets lit up and yeah. wine and fireplace like, yes. that's perfect. Yes. It's like, it's what you live for. Yeah, really. exactly. Yeah. Mm. exactly and then i end up taking pictures of the wine in the fireplace (laughs) all over instagram right i'd be yeah i don't have fire i don't even have like a gas like a stove to light up to look like fire no (laughs) it would be like a candlelight chat (laughs) which would help because all my candles are scented so who wants to taste wine in front of a scented candle but anyway You're saying we need to send you unscented candles. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, I guess if I was going to do a chat, but no. (laughs) I like candles for the scent, like not just for, you know, ambiance. I like them for a scent. So there's that. Yeah, that does kill the the wine tasting part of it, though. It does. Yeah, Yeah, it it does. does. All right, next question. What food can you live with? 
what food can I live without? Um, I can live without any kind of green, whether it's, I hate vegetables, like in general. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I, hate I don't know why that I, was so hilarious to me. <laughs> I literally like sometimes dinner in my house is like having dinner with a five-year-old because my husband <laughs> will be like, "Eat your vegetables," and I'll be like, "I don't want to eat my vegetables; they're disgusting." Oh and I just I I'm like a five-year-old. I hate vegetables. I won't eat them. You don't I like the fruit. taste. You don't like the taste of any vegetables. They have such like different textures and tastes. Mm-mm. No. And color. Yeah, I know. So but whenever you cook them, they're all like nasty. And they're just <laughs> no. <laughs> are, are you all? Are you boiling all? Not you, but like, are they always like boiled or steamed? Because some stuff yeah. I have steamed, but like this is absolutely gross. But then it's sautéed or roasted. I'm like, oh, well, this is delicious. Yeah. Why haven't I eaten like this before? No, sometimes they're roasted. Sometimes they're baked. Sometimes they're grilled. <laughs> No, they're all gross. Like all of them like, are terrible. Asparagus grilled or sauteed or roasted? No, that's not a thing for you. Oh, it's man. still asparagus, and it still tastes like asparagus, and then still. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, oh, I'm like I, I'm laughing I, like, because I love this so much. I know. We're so honest about it, and you're like, I'm like a five year old, but I'm not doing it. I'm a, mm. I'm grown, and I don't have to eat vegetables if I don't want to. <laughs> I, oh, I just. I will force myself to eat salad because I know at lunchtime I need to eat salad and I gotta have some something green in my diet sometimes. But yeah. okay, no. okay. Can you drink? Can you drink green drinks for your yeah. vegetables? No, you said no. No, it no. still tastes. It tastes. If I put spinach in my smoothie, it tastes like I'm I'm drinking spinach. That's oh, gross. Oh it's just God. gross. <laughs> This is I mean, I do take it. vitamins as like a supplement for that. I mean, I do take vitamins. I I do try very hard to be an adult and eat <laughs> the vegetables <laughs> so that I am healthy. But there are days, at, at least once a week, I would say, where it literally is a conversation at the dinner table. If you have not eaten your vegetables, like you oh need to God. eat your vegetables. <laughs> And it's always we end up we end up laughing about it because it's ridiculous. But my husband looks at me and he's like, "Come on, really?" And he's the one who cooks. So on top of it, like he's like, "I made dinner. I made the vegetables. Eat eat the damn vegetables." <laughs> <laughs> and you're still like, "Not gonna be able to do it." Nope, not doing it. Yeah. That's funny. That's it. Sometimes I'm just like, "No, not today." Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. And like you said, I'm an adult and I've decided today is not the day. <laughs> All right, you are you are your own woman. Okay. I'm just not eating my greens today, but thank you, Tanisha. What about you? Uh, what food can I live without? Um, I don't ever have to eat cottage cheese again. Oh, okay, I can understand that. I can, yeah, I, I, I can, I can eat it if it's there. Like you know how you have like go to like a breakfast bar or whatever. I can eat it. Yeah, if it's so I'm there. not picking that up. Mm-mm. Okay, I don't know how to eat that again. So can I tell you that's a hysterical thing for you to say on the kosher wine podcast? Because cottage cheese is such a Jewish food. Like is the it? idea, the idea of living without cottage cheese just makes me so sad. Like oh I can't. Like, growing wow. up, all we had cottage cheese. Like there was always like always in the house. Like that was a snack. It was breakfast. It was after dinner. Like you could just eat it anytime. Like. No. How no. exactly would, are you eating college cheese? 
the consistency of it is weird. It is weird. Mm-hmm. Cause it's lumpy and creamy. Yeah. And usually I'm not someone who has a problem with food consistency, but like that is strange. All the big curd cottage cheese is the best cottage Ooh. cheese. What do you want Ooh. the little curd cottage cheese for? If you could get the big curd cottage mm-hmm. cheese. So nope, I, don't I think want, you just lost creamy me. Creamy and lumpy is the <laughs> weird consist. The only thing that I like that's kind of creamy and lumpy would be like mashed potatoes. Like that's oh, okay. There. All right. But like there. the consistency of cut. No, I'll just eat like Greek yogurt. And for like okay, so um, Ali, like, how are you eating cottage cheese? Um, like, I can eat it with pineapples only, and it have to be a lot of chunks of pineapples for me to take it down because it's so healthy. I for it's one of those things that I force myself to eat sometimes. But how yeah. do, how do you eat it? So sometimes I put some sour cream in it. So sour Wait, cream what? and cottage. <laughs> You've never done that? No. <laughs> yeah, clearly that question wasn't for me. Okay, so. Maybe okay. that's a Jewish thing. I don't know. Like that's how we grew up eating it. Like you put like a like fifteen percent chance that's a Jewish thing. I'm a mm-hmm. we'll put it out there to the listeners. Yeah. I'd love to know if that maybe it maybe it is. I that's we always that was like the number one way to do it was to put sour cream in the cottage cheese. And like the on a hot summer nights, that's what we would eat for dinner. That's what you would eat for dinner on hot summer nights. Not a popsicle? No. <laughs> No. No. Wow. Popsicle sounds better, but no, we ate cottage cheese and sour cream. And sometimes we'd slice if we sometimes we'd slice bananas in it, like frozen bananas. Okay, I can see if it that. Was summer, that sounds delicious. Sometimes you put sliced bananas in it. Okay. Most of the time though it's just sour cream. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, Reed, you have to put that as a quiz question in the um, stories. I'm, I've already written it down. Yes, that's going to be a question. Um, for me, I, I hate... can't wait to see the answers. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to share them. <laughs> I'm going to share them. For me, I hate coconut. I don't oh. like coconut no, flavor. Coconut. Anything. I don't like coconut water, coconut milk. I do not like coconut at all. I force myself to drink coconut water. If I am dehydrated, I eat sure. drunk. Mm-hmm. I will I eat it. coconuts and Samoas, the Girl Scout cookies. Oh, those are delicious. Mm-mm. I will I- have coconut and German chocolate cake. Other than that, mm-hmm. I actually do not like coconut either. I don't like the I way it tastes. Neither, neither of you. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't like coconut. Nah. That's gross. I don't like it at all. So that's coconut makes, when people are like, oh, coconut look, makes me like sick. Coconut, if coconut makes water, you sick? Yeah, coconut makes me sick, but I love it. Like, I would eat it all the time. I'd eat it raw. I'd eat it in mm. drinks. I would eat it grilled. I would just put it in everything. I love it. So you're allergic to coconut? Yeah, it, oh. it makes my it makes my stomach upset. Okay. Mm. I'm not yeah. allergic, like, hives allergic. Yeah, but just, yeah. I understand. doesn't agree with it me. It does not agree with you. Well, nope. that's a consensus. No coconut. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, off the island. Like, I, <laughs> I don't like pina coladas because coconut. Mm-mm. People, oh, you uh, want a pina colada? No, there are seven hundred other tiki drinks that I could have. Oh, but they're so good. Mm. Oh. I don't even like coconut rum, honestly. I no thanks. No, because coconut. so do you like rum in in general? Like, oh, I love so rum. often rum, especially the dark rum. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are down to our last question. 
if you were to retire, where would you want to live? This is a question that has been coming up a lot between us recently um, at home. Um, for a long time, we were saying um, St. Thomas, uh, that mm. I, we would retire in St. Thomas, and I'd open up a wine bar called Grapes in the Sand. <gasps> oh, oh, I love it. Um, but the truth is, is that I don't know if I'm cut out for major hurricanes and rock fever and some of the other. I have a good friend who lives on St. Thomas and watching everything they went through after this, like the hurricane. I I don't know. That does not sound like a, that sounds like an adventure in my twenties, not an adventure in my retirement. I think I did. I did that wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, so we were talking more like in the Lake Las Vegas kind of thing or something like that. But the truth is, is I also, I love DC. The idea of like actually leaving DC, I don't, I don't know. It's just, this is home. Like mm-hmm. this feels like home. Like I feel like I belong here. Yeah. I, 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 the idea of like going someplace for a little bit of time, like, you know, six months in Rome, six months in London, Mm -hmm. you know, six months in Mykonos, like all that is fine. But I do wonder if actually leaving DC would make me happy. I don't know. So Mm -hmm. maybe Vegas, maybe, maybe staying here and traveling other places. Got it. (laughs) I like it. I love it. Tanisha, have you ever thought about that? Retiring? No, girl, I got to work right Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally sorry. I gotta work so I'll drop dead right at a wine taste. Okay. Right. What about you, Um I don't know if it was just because this was the last place that I visited, but I would definitely have a villa in Greece. Oh. Um I I don't think I would maybe I wouldn't stay there for the entire year. Maybe I'd stay mm-hmm. there for like the summer, but just own something in Greece so I can just go there and, you know, sit on the water and sail and eat octopus and drink wine, that kind of thing. I don't know. That sounds like a good life. Oh, man, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Allie. Before we go, please tell everybody one more time where they can find you on social media. Yeah, so um, you can find me on YouTube at A Glass After Work, on Instagram at Ali77, that's A L L E I G H 77, on Twitter at Ali, and on Facebook at A Glass After Work. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us again to talk about Coaching Live. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk with you guys. All right, guys. Cheers. Good night. Good night. They say being a parent is a full-time job, but I already have one of those. Luckily, I use Instacart to help me order everything I need while I'm stuck in meetings all day. So while Instacart is helping me get groceries, snacks for school lunches, and something for at-home happy hour, I get more time back to juggle my day job and my mom job. 
Save time by downloading the Instacart app or visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first order using the code INGREDIENTS22. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Delivery subject to availability. Additional terms apply.